This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Hey, Wace, what are you doing over there? Swiping. <laughs> is this sign on? Are you checking out the tin? On the tin, bae. Is it Tinder or Timba? It's the Tinder. You're going to call it the Timber now. Is there any lumberjack chicks on there? I hope I find a lumberjack chick. I can't even find that. <laughs> hey, here we are, episode number 16. How are you now? Wacey's first episode without a girlfriend. <laughs> 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 He's oh. not wrong. It's fine. We're okay. I need a beer. So, <laughs> there's some in the fridge. Help yourself. So, <sighs> it's a good thing we're doing this pre stampede, though. All you single ladies call, out there, call all the single ladies. Dial in at. Can't tell it. I'm not releasing yeah. my number on the pod. No. He's not going to give out his numbers on the pod. But DM me. <laughs> but you're welcome to slide in those DMs. Slide right He's available. in there. Slide right in there. Episode 16, Wacy is single. <sighs> Episode of the Broken Heart. <sighs> <laughs> he had a good run. He's all right. Yeah, we'll be okay. We'll yeah. be all right. We'll be all right. I'm a big boy. Big boy. And it's Cowboy Christmas. With a big heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're off to a good start here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cowboy Christmas, though. What'd you do for Cowboy Christmas? I didn't know cowboying. <laughs> Wait, he went to a ball tournament. I went to a baseball tournament. <laughs> Softball. Drank a lot of Bud Rights and played yeah. a lot of mended, slow pitch. Mended that broken heart. Somewhat. <laughs> slowly. <laughs> We're slowly patching the pieces back together here. May boys. or may not have fell in love with the dance at Kipling. No. <laughs> no, no, He no, didn't okay, fall well, in love. No, she fell in yeah, love with you. Yeah. Either way. Because I got hot moves on the deep floor. But yeah. Hot moves on the hot tracks. Yeah, that's it. that's one thing. Like high five to the DJ at the Kipling Switch Dance. We don't know you, but I actually good know job. who. Actually, it's funny. I don't oh know yeah, who you do is. know him. Yeah, but he was he was a great DJ. He had right a screen. On. It was like a much video dance. Real like yeah. a much video dance in Kipling, Saskatchewan. Freaking awesome! Quite great the time. time. Yeah, that's what I did. Played some ball. Nothing crazy. Merry Cowboy Christmas. What were you um, up to? Well, what did you? When did you leave? Friday. Friday night. Yeah, you didn't come to Airdrie at all. No. So, I don't know, I guess last time we did a podcast was before this big run, but we've been rodeoing like almost every day since. But after that last podcast recorded on, uh, I think it went out June 19th or something. And I think that day Mm -hmm. I was setting up in High River Mm -hmm. and we did High River, the rodeo and the chuck wagons there. And then did that weekend and the Monday after was in Pinoca for the press conference, media launch. And then, then Tuesday I rounded up all the speakers I had twenty four thousand dollars worth of sound stuff to go to Airdrie and Clooney. Clooney and actually Gator used the sound gear. The Gator used the sound gear in Rockyford too. Right. Ended up the guy called me on Monday. He's like, "Hey, you guys coming to our event on Saturday?" And I was like, "No, uh, <laughs> first I've heard of it. So don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who you are. Sorry. But we got to sort it out. But Gator went and did it, and event went all right. And uh, yeah, we did Clooney and Airdrie. So we've done like. I don't know. I think I've done like probably 14 perfs since the last show or maybe 12 it's or something. It's a lot of rodeo on. Been good. No, it's been, it was seven and five, 12. So yeah, 12 perfs. It's pretty good. Pretty good run. Not a so bad go. Here, here we, we are. are. Today, today, what's today? Today's the 3rd of Tuesday. July. 3rd of July. It's a Tuesday and the podcast is going out on the Wednesday the 4th. Thanks to Kyla Brozart, our editor. Editor in chief. You would have heard her on the last show, the last couple of shows. She's been in, in the podcast a little bit, doing intros and stuff. You might, I guess you didn't listen. You look surprised. <laughs> I was like, when did we talk to her? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's our editor, kicking ass. Editor-in-chief. Thanks, Kyla. She's the 
the engine that drives the podcast. Morning show host on Craze 1013 in Red Deer. Really? She's a badass. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. First time we met, actually, she was helping me out in uh, Lethbridge. I want to say like 2013, the year Troy Wilkinson won. We got stuck on the highway coming home from Lethbridge. He missed his flight. Perfect. But yeah, she videotaped for me there and we've kept in touch. And yeah, she's helping us out with the podcast. That's sweet. Shout out to Thanks, her. Thanks, Kyla. Keeping us going. For anyone wondering who the random voice was last episode, that's her. She's kind nice. of a big deal. I don't know if you know this, she's but kind of a big deal. Today's show, this Pre- is a fun one. Pre stampede. Yeah. We're, we're knocking on the door of that. Knocking on the door. Animal. And guess who we got on today's show? A guy. The Not guy. just any guy. The, the guy. guy. The one and only Flint Rasmussen. The PBR zone. Yeah. Entertainer. He worked the NFR eight years in a row as the entertainer. Mm-hmm. And he actually had a microphone at the finals, which is one thing that's interesting production-wise. You've been to the rodeo performance of the NFR. No entertainer has a microphone. No. There's no time even for no. an entertainer there. Nope. And it's an impressive performance as far as the NFR goes for how much they get done. Oh, yeah. But it hasn't changed in probably 25 years. No. It's the exact same thing they've done the whole time. But anyways, there hasn't been any entertainer in the last 15 or 20 years since Flint did those eight in a row that's done that many. It's been somebody different every other year, it Mm -hmm. seems like, Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Impressive that way. And he said at that point he was, he kind of felt like he had plateaued and he was ready to go to the next thing. And that's when the PBR came around. And honestly, here's another thing. Flint's been around in this sport for, I want to say probably 25 years now. Since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And there's somebody that, like, what would it take for him to be a member of the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame? Like, why isn't he in what there already? What more do you need, yeah. Yeah, what more do you Maybe need? Maybe they wait till he's, like, retired? Maybe. I don't know. What are they waiting for? Could be it. Could be retired. Most Hall of Fames that... Well, except for the NHL, because they just got Gary Bettman in there, but that's stupid. We won't talk about that. Yeah. <clears throat> Sore point for ways. But yeah, that's cool. He's a cool guy. I've always, I remember, like, going to the Stampede when I was a kid, like, when my dad was small yeah. horse racing and stuff, and seeing Flint there, and I got his oh, autograph, yeah. actually, back when I was a kid, because oh, I really? thought he was the best. Nice. He's funny. He's a funny guy. I love the Australian bull snake oh, skit yeah. that he does. I think that's my favorite, That kills too. me. Or that the Titanic. Good. The big, big fan of the Titanic skit. Couple good skits right there. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Entertaining part. We'll be back right after this with the one and only Flint Rasmussen. You're listening to Cowboy Shit, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. We're back with our guest for today's show, the one and only Flint Rasmussen. Flint, where are you at today, man? I'm sitting in Shoto, Montana, getting ready to do my radio show, getting ready to, I'm going to go watch my girls compete at a couple rodeos around Montana, then head to Calgary. So I'm just kind of running crazy. It's all right. Where would they be going for rodeos? This The 4th of July yeah. this year is Wednesday. So there's rodeo all day, every day. Well, there always is this time of year, but it's kind of unique this year when it's on a Wednesday. Yeah, because you got, you got last weekend that melds into the 4th of July. You know, all these rodeos are the 2nd, 3rd, 4th. If you look at the big pro rodeos in Montana, like Livingston and Red Lodge, they're the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Hey, are you making coffee as we as we do this? Are you making <laughs> coffee right now? No, Megan's making some rice. The timer <laughs> just went off. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. So, so anyway, uh, but my two daughters with their mom are going to some NRA rodeos, amateur rodeos, which are really good. They're hitting this morning. They're at the Slack in Ennis, Montana. Then tonight, the night of the third in Harlowton, Montana, which is a great rodeo. My dad announced that rodeo for like 30 years. And then we have a big one day rodeo on the afternoon, the fourth here in Shoto, my little hometown, you know, 1700 people in the town, they'll get 4,000 people at the rodeo. They're slack in the morning, slack at night, a performance in the middle. It's big money. And so they're hitting those three rodeos. So I'm going to go drive the three hours tonight to watch them in Harlowton, Montana, and then catch them here tomorrow afternoon before I head to Calgary. Does um, Brad do that rodeo in Shoto? Narducci? He, uh, out there. No, it, I think announcer wise, 
I'm not sure. Joe Warner, I think. Okay. But no, I don't think so. No, he's beyond their budget. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Teddy is uh, where I'm sitting right now. I can see the rodeo grounds, the house I live oh, wow. in. But, and it's a great atmosphere. Every year I get work in the rodeo this year, right? Work in the rodeo. Or after it, boy, we sure missed you this year. Where were you this year? Do you know the last time I worked this rodeo? You know what year it was? 1993. <laughs> <laughs> 25 years. 25 years. Oh, oh you man. really missed me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang it. And I and people don't You know what's bad it, it kind of in our in our business, we confuse people. Like people don't understand that the the levels of rodeo like how we we try to advance our career and it's no offense to a place like Shoto Montana but I just started telling people I graduated. I graduated from from there. You know, as we try to further our careers, it's hard to explain to people, listen, I don't do these rodeos anymore. Instantly, it's, oh, too good for us, huh? Well, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) With all due respect, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's hard to explain that to people, that the level's like, yeah, I I did, uh, you know, from Shoto, I went to Red Lodge, Montana, which was a great one. It's St. Paul, Oregon, big pro rodeos, and it is, it's just different. And But to the layperson, you know, to the everyday people, they rodeo's just a rodeo, and, and which, in a sense, is good, but it's hard to explain. Hey, Trevor Brazil's not in Shoto, you know? It's... (laughs) The way it goes. So anyway, it's it's frustrating but interesting to me that dynamic. I guess. Well, rodeo itself, you know, hasn't done and doesn't do a very good job of separating the levels of the sport either. Like it's it's something that needs to be talked about, or, or at least something that needs to needs yeah. to happen. I think at some point that you know maybe I think that the guys with the WCRA maybe plan to do that. Like that's their big picture. Maybe with putting all the associations together under yeah. one roof, or the PRCA sanctioning different more more events now it's you know it might be we might be on the track to it now maybe listen i am so i get so frustrated and i'm proud of that i've been able to have a career and make a living at what i do and in in the western i call it the western sports industry you know bull riding rodeo all of it but man it is so frustrating you've been on my radio show and and the guy that calls you is is shannon in the studio yeah he's not a rodeo guy he's my gauge as to you guys you know talking over people's heads talking over people's heads and also what do all these letters mean what what (laughs) who likes who who likes who you know it's sort of like okay the american which is man what a great kind of invention for rodeo yeah. The one day American. Well, okay, so now the PRCA is involved, which they should have been the whole time. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The new guy, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets Calgary back. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly. they're getting close. Yeah. But, Houston, but I, yeah. people can't keep track. I can't keep track of who likes who, who speaks to who, who's yeah. involved with this. Honestly, I told the PBR right away, go ahead and produce these rodeos, but don't put letters in front of them. Just call it a showdown or something. Because yeah. then it's like, what's this W-R-C-C-R-A? You know, people, my mom has called it the alphabet soup of rodeo forever. <laughs> you All you do is confuse people. Who's pissed at who? Yeah. And who, you know, instantly when American came out, and uh, first of all, it's going to be two days in that big stadium. Yeah, are, I'm not sure on that. Are, anyway, yeah, are you <laughs> are you back though? Are you going to be there? Well, well, here's the thing. Instantly, with You're the PRCA busy. involved, I, I get calls that say, "Well, PRCA is involved. You won't be there." No, no, my contract doesn't have anything to do with the PRCA. Yeah. It's like going to Calgary. My contract is anything the PBR sanctions or is involved in. The PBR produced the American these first 
whatever it is, five years. So that's why we were all involved because we worked it because the PBR produced it. Yeah. Our arena crew, our sound, everything. Well, Signage, everything. I think we're out. I, I think we'll probably be somewhere else that weekend. Probably. So Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, I, I can roll. Get me rolling, Jay. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> Can you bring me some like Timbit at Calgary at the rodeo one day? Just... You can. You can probably just get your own. You're going to be here. Oh wait, I'm, <laughs> I, I think there's a. I think there's a Tim Hortons right by my hotel upstate. There, it, it's on the way. You literally have to go buy okay. Tim Hortons to get to and from your hotel. So you're going to be. You're going to just. You're going to be a Timbit by the end of the stampede. <laughs> I'm going to gain a smooth <laughs> twenty pounds. I'm there. Straight Timbits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what uh, what are your thoughts on the American going with the PRCA? You 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 talked about that, and you said you weren't you would be you wouldn't be surprised if Calgary ended up being a PRCA rodeo again. And and I talked to Keenan the other day about this, and he it kind of came up in conversation, and he still said they didn't think they would do it, and there's not much of a you know he he figured there maybe wasn't a whole bunch of upside. As a counter to that, though, I think the upside is bringing everyone together and putting everything under one roof. I think bigger picture, working together and having everyone you know if it all counts towards the NFR. Or if it all, you know, if it all, if it all, if all under one house, that's my main, that's what I'm yeah. trying to get at. Right. And, and I'll tell you the cool thing. I, I have not met the new boss of the PRCA. George honestly, Taylor. But I'd like to, because I think he did it right. Like he came in the American and said, we're going to somehow sanction this American. We don't know how yet. We don't know completely what we're sanctioning and how it's going to work. Well, I'm just saying right now, we're putting our stamp on it and we're doing it. I, that's a good way to do it. Why Why does everything have to be completely laid out? Yeah. You know, make it work, saying, right? These, the, I, I have a feeling, Ted, that he thinks a little like I do in that. Now, I love going to Calgary and the PBR is involved, but. It's hard for me, like in the middle of the winter, to get excited for Houston because it doesn't, yeah, the 50 grand or 75 grand, it all cashes the same. But we have these huge rodeos. I mean, you talk about Houston, the American, Calgary, great cowboys. It's all the same cowboys, in essence, going, but it doesn't count towards anything. I think you just brought that up. It doesn't, there's no end game. We have these, our biggest rodeos don't count to who the world champion is. Yeah. And whether you count it all or part of it or it's a point system, we yes, the Calgary Stampede is the greatest outdoor show on earth. It is the the richest rodeo. It's amazing. But at the end of the week, they hold up a big check for a hundred grand Canadian. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't contribute to the world champion. Now with the women, it does. The WPRA, Houston, Calgary, they got their crap together here. In my opinion, and some of it counts. And so it's frustrating to me to see this. And at the end of the week, everybody drives away and, you know, it it doesn't count. My friend Timmy Sparing, bulldogger from Helena, Montana, wins Houston, wins 50 grand or whatever. Hell, he's still, I don't think, in the top 20 or 25. So it just is, you know, I guess that's what other sport has these big events that it doesn't count for anything. Yeah, probably, probably none, I don't think, really. Yeah, it's just an exhibition basically which yeah. that's fine these guys i'll tell you right now in the rodeo world there is a lot of opportunity to make great money oh, I mean, yeah. look at sage kimsey people are oh, like yeah oh sage should go to the pbr whatever he made one and a half million dollars riding bulls last year yeah what would you do yeah I'd you just know? keep doing whatever i was doing <laughs> yeah 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 that's wild speaking of so Going to all of this, I, we got you going now, but I want to kind of go back a long time ago to how things were before the PRCA came along, where it was all, you know, individual rodeos 
and they kind of were all separate, you know, like the, like I want to say New York had a rodeo and Boston had a rodeo and, and, and it, that was the promoters were putting them on and that, that was kind of the way things were going. And then eventually in, I think it was 1949 or 47 when the Turtles Association started, wasn't it? And it, and yeah, it was kind of right all, in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, but it was all separate rodeos, and eventually the cowboys got together and brought and made the association, and it was kind of like a like a union of sorts at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And we're kind of right. like that right now with the Houston and the Calgary, and the American was on its own, and and the the Pikes Peak Rodeo in uh, Colorado Springs, I think, is on its own, and, and and these guys, you know, and the new CEO that George Taylor's his name, he's kind of bringing everything back together, and you know, maybe not him individually, I, I don't want to say, but I mean, right. But it's interesting to put, put them all back together and kind of bring, you know, bring it all under the same roof. Yeah, I never. That's a great point. I mean, you in essence are, and of course, there's hundreds of of PRCA rodeos anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's opportunities there. So of, of course, it's it's a little different, but that's a good point that is, we've you know it strayed History. a little where you do have all these independent rodeos. Yeah, back in the day, you know, they go to Madison Square Garden and the Boston Garden, and yeah. you know all these big cities. And you're right, um, there there was a necessity to be kind of like say under one umbrella and and working towards an end game. Well, you know that everybody wants to see a, a, a champion at the end. Yeah, I, I mean I do. Yeah, I, I don't know. So it's uh, he he is kind of regathering the the troops a little. Saying comes in going, hey hey everybody, get back in here, get back in here. And <laughs> yeah. I always like when Calgary, you know, and I, here here's here's the amusing part to me, and I think he's getting past it. It's like, hey, Cowboys should make more money. That our champions should have more than two hundred thousand dollars. One, we need to make more money. Hey, you're gonna sanction Calgary? Oh no, there's too much money. <laughs> or Salt yeah. Lake City. That's the one we're. That's yeah. the one we're leaving out. The big yeah, Salt true. Lake City. They were going to sanction it, a two million dollar rodeo, but they'd only sanction it if it was the one million dollar rodeo. Wait a second. Actually, so what you're saying is there's too much money for it to be a pro rodeo, but we want rodeo cowboys to make more money. What the hell, man? Well, I, wow. See, and some will say, well, it puts too much emphasis on one rodeo. Well, figure it out. I mean, yeah, make so a basically point system, we're saying do something. Yeah, basically we're saying Calgary, Salt Lake. Yeah, there's too much. Hey, you guys, you're you're giving these cowboys too much money hmm. for it to be a PRCA rodeo. So wow, you know, and and it, I remember years ago when it was like, well, we're not going to sanction Calgary. There's no team roping. Yeah, you have team roping. Yeah. Oh bullshit. They, yeah. <laughs> there's never. And now I see team ropers. They hate team roping in Calgary. There's never been team roping in Calgary. Ever. By the way, Ted. I worked at the Canadian Finals Rodeo the first year they had team roping there. It wasn't that long ago. I'm not that old. Yeah, that was so, that was like it, early 2000s, wasn't it? Like 2001? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they only ran like six teams because they didn't. They thought people would hate it. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> but, yeah, it's and, – and, like, we can't sanction it if it doesn't have all the events. Uh, what about these extreme bronc riding things they're yeah. sanctioning? What yeah. about the extreme bulls tour? Don't give me that hypocritical crap. The double standard, you know? So anyway, see, I can, Ted, I can roll here. I, I should be in charge of something. I don't know something? what I should be in charge of, but I should be in charge of something. Is that something that you want to do at some point? That's interesting. That's I never um, thought of that, but I'm curious. You know, I think I'd probably kill somebody. I'm not really <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> no, I don't know. But I, I will say this. I... How do I put this in a good way? I do believe, I think I've had a really great career in the arena, wearing makeup, being a rodeo clown, entertainer, as everybody says, whatever. 
I don't care what you call it. But I think it is, in a sense, held me back a little in that I've grown up around this. I mean, I've been in rodeo since I was a kid. My dad was a rodeo announcer. My brother Will's a great rodeo announcer. And so I have a lot of knowledge, and I sometimes feel like I have a lot to offer. Even the PBR doing these rodeos now, nobody's asked me anything about the rodeo part of it. And we all came from rodeo. I came from rodeo. Our announcers came from rodeo. I think I have something to contribute. And I think the fact that people look at me as a clown or whatever has kept me from maybe getting some in on some positions other than what I'm doing, you know, and I have, I have a radio show. I host a talk show out of makeup. And I think I have some good thoughts and good ideas. Of course, it's easy for a guy like me to talk about it with you and go off. When it comes down to really making it happen and putting things in motion, I guess it's a little different. But like I always say, we ain't curing cancer. I mean, it's rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there's some things I have to offer and I could contribute, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. see. I do know my feet and my knees hurt. So maybe this is my (laughs) application for a job. Flint Flint for president 2020. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How about prime minister of Canada? You don't even like directly re-elect them. It's like they get yeah. in with the party. And yeah. like, by the way, congratulations on your prime minister. Good job. Oh, I don't, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember when he, he came to Calgary last year and he they wouldn't even they said don't even introduce him. Yeah, because he got booed the last time. <laughs> yeah, the last time yeah. he got booed. I, I do have to say one thing about Trudeau though. I I was impressed to see him. Like I, I saw him in four different places within like about four months, I want to say. And at one point I was in Ottawa with the PBR. We were there in, on the 9th of June last year, 2017. And we, and JP Veach, who you would know from, from uh, Calgary, he took us on a full tour of parliament. So we got to sit through question period. And so Trudeau was, oh, wow. was there. And that's like, that's a, we had a full tour of the whole government buildings. It was incredible. Like one of the coolest days ever in, I've ever spent in Ottawa. But I saw him there. Two weeks later, I saw him in Toronto. He was on the street at a, at a parade there when we were there for the, with the PBR. And then he was in Calgary. So like in a month, I saw him three different times, like, you know, pretty close to the guy, which was pretty interesting yeah. for our leader, right? Like I wouldn't expect right. you'd see Trump in three different places in, in a month. No. Well, I was right? going to say, I'll go a lifetime and never see a president yeah. in person, you yeah. know, because well, <clears throat> it, the cities, uh, it's just a whole different, I've always found it interesting. Prime ministers coming to Calgary, for example, and yeah. their security, but they just towed them around with our president. It's oh, yeah. uh they shut down city. I mean, it, yeah. you can't get anywhere. He's our president's coming to, to uh, Great Falls. Really? Montana on the fifth. What for? Uh, he just he travels around and does different things. I don't know. Oh, that's purpose, interesting. Rally or something, but it's you won't be able to get in there huh. to the city. Oh wow. I mean, well, and yeah. and uh, speaking of the Calgary one though, so my spot there is way up in the eye in the sky in the you know where Les and Jack are right. for the chuck wagons and. Yeah. My table was like up on up on blocks because I you know I got it a little higher so I can work standing up and uh, it was off the blocks and a bunch of stuff was moved around the next day after the prime minister was there and I didn't put the two together but there were snipers up there in that snipers in that yeah. like in security they were up in there and I didn't even I didn't realize it until I put the two together but nobody would tell me what was going on but they were like oh yeah don't worry about it it'll be fine your stuff's fine just put it back together. But going back to that, seeing Trudeau, I saw him at in St. Tite, Quebec also. He was walking on the street there huh. at the big festival there, at the Western Festival where they have the huge rodeo, which like oh, I, the big rodeo. Yeah, yeah, it just blew my mind that I would see him in four places in like within a few months. It was I thought that I thought that was impressive for him to be 
in all those different places and on the street with the people like I, I know like it was interesting seeing the security and whatnot like in there all that stuff but it yeah. wouldn't it just wouldn't have I don't think it would happen very many other places no way you guys are like friends it's, well You're I don't know about related. that I didn't say hello <laughs> I didn't even meet the guy the whole all those times it was just like public sightings but kind of interesting he didn't look at you and go hey dad, dad hey, good, good to see you again, again. Yeah. no yeah. no didn't happen yeah <laughs> okay I want to go back to I don't want to say the early days, but we could talk about the CFR in Edmonton way back in the day and, you know, talk about that. But I, I want to go big picture first. What would you call the highlight of your career so far in the rodeo and bull riding business? Western sports industry, maybe. Um, I still, to this day, think probably that moment I went, holy crap, was 1998, the first year I did the NFR rolled my barrel in the middle of Thomas and Matt. I think people who go watch the NFR, that building in that arena has such an aura. And at that time to be out, I had never even had good seats in there (laughs) until I worked the rodeo. So to roll my barrel out in the middle of that arena was crazy. I mean, to me, it was, you know, I grew up where we'd watch the one night of the rodeo on TV, the Heston telecast from Oklahoma City, you know, and we'd gather around watch the national finals rodeo and so that's still to this day nothing's really overtaken that as far as the prestige and the the holy the holy shit moment yeah of of, uh what am i doing here you know my parents were in the crowd my wife was in the crowd it was just it was nuts i mean it was just it couldn't get any better like and i thought I never took it for granted. I was like, okay, this is my chance. And then I did it seven more times. Yeah. I did it eight times. And by the end, I had a microphone on and was doing stuff. Oh, wow. That, you know, and that Sean hasn't Davis, happened since. No, Sean Davis trusted me. Wow. And, you know, the frustrating thing is watching a little frustration for other guys. You know, he, he let me kind of, my thing was always the dance. You know that. If yeah. music plays, I'm getting down in the arena. And it wasn't a planned, hey, I think a clown should dance. It was just what I did. Yeah. So before the bull riding, he'd have me come out and get the crowd into it with some music and dancing. Well, ever since I left, now they always have whoever the barrel man clown is dance to get the crowd going. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not their thing. Yeah. You're going to have Robbie Hodges dance. You're going to have Justin Rumford dance. I did it because that's what I do. Don't just take them and throw them in a situation that they're not comfortable with. Let them do what they do, you know? So, but anyway, that was a good transition. And then, in the midst of all that, I was also working the PBR finals at the same time. And now, of course, that's what I do. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But, you know, just the history of the NFR and to get voted into that position all those years and getting awards at the awards, contract personnel awards thing. And it just was all surreal almost to where I hope I never started to take it for granted. I know I was there. And I think that, honestly, I think I raise the bar a little bit, set a different standard for how people should entertain crowds and what the approach should be in entertaining rodeo crowds. And feel like I always knew my place, but but got the crowd going. And and I hope I did that. I hope maybe, you know, you never hope for recognition, but there's a part of me that hope that there's a recognition there and kind of a standard, different kind of standard I set. I guess. Well, I, I don't know that anybody ever thinks or hopes they should be like in a hall of fame someday. Yeah. But I think I've contributed a lot to professional rodeo. I did in the arena. I yeah. now do. I'm the, I do it out of the arena and I think there's a place for me somewhere. I, that sounds awful to talk about yourself like that. But I don't think so. I, I don't, no. I don't think so. I, the first thing I got to say though, after that is that makes so much sense now why those guys are so awkward at the start of the bull riding. If that's if that's what yeah. if that's what it is because it's 
it's painful yeah. to watch at some points with all like with all due respect to everyone, but holy crap. That makes total sense. Yeah, and fans will come to me and go, what about that guy trying to dance out there? That's, well, yeah. yeah, that's not him. It's not his thing. They're making him do it. Oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. Well, oh, man, that's uh, interesting stuff. But... Unless, hey, Ted, oh. unless they go, unless they're just really crappy dance, they want it. Could be that know, as well. They don't know it. Could you know, be. like like the white girl at the club, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about. <laughs> um, the, the Hall of Fame stuff, though, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be totally honest with you right now, but I have a goal that I want to be in the Hall of Fame in Canada someday as a builder of our sport. Like that, that's a goal you of bet. mine. Like I, I'm, I, sure. I'll openly talk about that. That's something I want to do and something I want to be someday. Like I don't, I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's a problem at all. But I do, I do get where you're coming from though. When you're not in that rodeo world, as you know, as that center of attention, I want to, you know, I don't know how else to put it, but you're, you're in the spotlight at that point. Whereas, you know, you could have been inducted to the Hall of Fame as soon as you left the rodeo business, but there was probably some people that were probably a little sour about you leaving. And now you're going to the PBR and it's the it's the graduation thing that you talked about earlier where you're, you know, oh, you're too good for us now. Or that's, that would be yeah. the thought. Whereas yeah. where they might, they might... I just needed a transition. Yeah, yeah I, I, I needed a transition. I don't know that people ever really understood why I went to the PBR. I'd done the NFR eight times. I'd yeah. done all those good rodeos and I felt like I plateaued. I mean, I could step back into a lot of those rodeos and they'd be the same. Uh, I look, I watch the NFR right now and the yeah. format, see, it's the exact same as when I left 12 years ago. And it was the same so 12 years ago. that's why I did it. Yeah. I just did it as a, a career transition. Okay. I did what I need to do here. I did all I can. I'm going to try something else. I'm not retired. So technically, probably Hall of Fame wise, that has something to do with it. But yeah, maybe. there's five people, you know, everybody, they probably have their order of who should go in before me or whatever. But I don't know. I think there's probably going to be when it comes down to it, there's going to be some people say, no, we'll make him wait. He went to the PBR. You know, that yeah. still exists. Yeah, for sure. Um, if that happens and it goes years and years, then that'll pr- that'll give me something to talk about anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, well, it, that'd be all BS for yeah. sure. And speaking of all of that, and like you've been in the PBR now twice as long as you worked the NFR and twice as long as you worked in the rodeo business, really. Where do you go from here? What's next in, in that side of thing? You've worked all the major events. Like where? What's next now? I, I got to figure that out now. <laughs> Because physically, I, I got to transition now. I mean, I got a couple of years left, but I, you know, I got to find a, a, a new niche probably outside of the arena. You know, I can keep doing talk show stuff and hosting things and maybe radio stuff, TV. I'd love to do some TV things. But as far as the performing in the arena and people say, oh, you could keep going another 10 years. And you, But let me tell you, I, I don't think people understand that there's an, to me, to do it the style I do it, there's an edge you got to have in that arena and physically to get up a fence in a barrel whatever the case may be up the shark cage at the pbr event i got my legs hooked by a bull in sioux falls south dakota this year and it took a long time to heal up because i wasn't quite up on the shark cage high enough you know and so there's little things like that i don't want to put myself at risk or make the other guys try to rescue me and and frankly my style of ad lib impromptu comedy of always high energy and built playing off what people are doing it takes a lot of energy and I don't know, the, the air is going out of the balloon a little bit, you know, so it's a different style. I'm not just reciting jokes out there with all due respect to the guys who are reciting jokes. With all due respect, anybody can do that. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, it's a little different style and it takes a lot of gas and a lot of energy. And, you know, I'm 50 years old, man. I'm 
<laughs> but make no mistake, Ted, I'm 50, but I look good. <laughs> you know, you got to admit it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. So ideally, what would that next transition look like? We we talked about, well, we, we're, we're recording your uh, your audition tape for your next position right now, right? Okay. Your, what, would that, um, what would that next I position think, look like? Or, I think, like I said earlier, I think I have a lot to contribute as far as structure and production as well. I mean, we're all on the production team for the, the, the PBR, the main tour of the PBR. We all contribute. So I know a lot about production and how the flow of a show and what I think appeals to audiences. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's had their finger on the pulse of an audience like I have for the last 20 years. So I have some stuff to contribute there. I feel like I'm a, a good host of different things. You know, I host a talk show. I do a radio show. I feel like I can have something to contribute TV-wise. Not necessarily, uh, maybe it's the, you know, question. I know they use females a lot, but, you know, interviewing guys after rides. Or maybe there's a different aspect of it. Maybe it's a lighter side aspect, doing features on TV. I think I have some stuff to offer there. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, I got to figure that out for sure. There's somebody to step up and go, here, here's yeah. a check. Yeah. Please come work. How about that? <laughs> it's not, God, not easy how it works easy. though, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, you know, we're friends and we uh, have been friends yep. for a long time now. And this this is kind of, uh, I find it tougher to think of what to ask you. And I'd rather just kind of write down a couple things I want to touch touch on and, and just let it go otherwise. But one thing I thought about with you before was you've done interview like thousands of these things for different publications for years, right? But what's something mm-hmm. that people never ask you that you wish they would and that you would like to talk about? Man, good question. Uh, I'll tell you the, the thing after all these years is that I just dread is, how'd you ever get into this? Yeah. You know, or <laughs> being called crazy or, oh, you're, uh, the one thing I think, and you know this, is people think I'm on all the time. Like they used to say, you must drive your wife crazy. <laughs> oh, I drove my wife crazy for other reasons. <laughs> but you can't be on like this all the time. I guess there are some people that are, and they drive you crazy. You've been around those people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I'm not on. You know that about me. Oh, yeah. So when we visit, we visit like this. Yeah. You know, if we go out to eat somewhere, we have, you know, heartfelt conversation. I don't want to hear your jokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get slapped on the shoulder. Hey, quit clowning around. Hey, clown. <laughs> and I'm not going to entertain you right here yeah. in the keg having a steak, yeah. you know? And I love people for, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love fans, but I don't know. I think maybe the, the thing people miss is everybody, and we all do it, we, we look at someone else's life and go, oh my God. You are so lucky. You have the perfect life. Uh, I think the in the last two years has been the hardest thing for me to ever do because I've gone through personal stuff, family things. You know, my family kind of fell apart. I got divorced and it's miserable. There are days that my real life is miserable. Yeah. And I worry about my girls. I worry about Katie, my wife. I worry, you know, her health isn't very good. Uh, there's just been a lot going on. And, and I think the thing people miss of wanting to do this job or any type of entertaining job. What about singers? What about actors when they're going through personal problems? How do you do it? Okay. How do you step in that arena for two and a half hours and bring joy to other people? The definition of my job is to bring joy to people and make people happy. If on that day you're not happy and you have no joy, how do you do that for two and a half hours? Yeah. You know, 
And I say, I think that's why I have the job is I've still been able to do it. I can feel at certain times I'm not doing it as well, but hopefully, you know, so you got to compartmentalize everything and it's exhausting. Honestly, you know, when I look at comedians that have things kind of messed up otherwise, where really they're introverted and really they're, they can have depression. They can, I mean, I'm just kind of generalizing. I get it. I mean, I, I get it. That's their way of covering it up. It's like, all right, I'm going to blast off here for two and a half hours and go crazy. But when I walk out of here, I don't have that much to talk about. I don't know if that answers your question, but it is something that, you know, okay, how do you, in dealing with real life, you know, real life isn't a stage all the time. Mm -hmm. It isn't a rodeo arena all the time. Real life's real life. And you got things to deal with there and then you perform and you got to be able to transition and be able to um, separate the two good or bad oh i get it i get it man i know what you mean like we're in the public eye so much and you're and it's amplified for your for you and for when you're doing your show and you're you are on probably almost more than you're not really when it comes down to doing your show every week and being you know even if you're at a rodeo with your with your girls like you still got to be kind of on at those points you know what i mean like there's there's not a lot of downtime when you are for even for like for myself whenever i'm on the downtime it's it's a kind of a low point when i'm at home and i call winter you yeah. know you guys are on the road and and it's well like I, i'm on the i'm at home for a few months in the winter time and it gets you know I get, I get i get really down a lot of times in the winter time when i'm not not on yeah. the road like and not not as busy as i could be and i, I get True. i totally get what you're saying that way it's a grind I well guess. and, and <laughs> i've gotten in my life where i'm you know people come up and Oh, you're the best. Oh, God, what a great job. You're the best. What a great guy you are. You're just the best. Well, I've gotten where I'm uncomfortable with that. For one, you don't know me that well. Yeah. You know, uh, you do, Chad. I mean, people in general. Yeah, yeah. And so make make sure your kids look up to you as a dad. Oh, you're the best. And what a great, your girls are so great. You've done such a great job. Well, how do you know? I'll I'll tell you, Katie, who I was married to for 22 years, she's done a amazing job she's trained their horses she's hauled them to rodeos she's hauling them right now you know guess what i've i've tried hard but no i'm not perfect and guess what i screwed up a marriage you know and so let's not get into that oh you're perfect stuff because i'm pretty uncomfortable with it (laughs) so you know what i mean it's just ah, i just kind of back off and go oh thank you but uh, okay yeah good to see you yeah thanks and we'll see (laughs) you Yeah. I just want to finish with your definition of cowboy shit. Well, uh, like there's a great saying that I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen it like on Facebook. It says, everybody wants to do cowboy shit until it comes time to do cowboy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this. As I travel New York City, Chicago, L.A., being a cowboy, the Western lifestyle is big right now. People crave it because our country, and your country too, I'm sure, has grown so far from it, has gotten so far away from it. And so people want to see it. They want to see cow, real cowboys in cowboy hats. They, they crave the lifestyle and want to be spectators. That's not necessarily cowboy shit. Cowboy shit is the people out here that are dealing with calves dying this all last winter because it was the worst winter in recorded history. They're out feeding cattle every day in the snow. That's the thing that dumbasses in New York City that protest things don't see is how hard cowboys work to keep feeding the countries, you know, keep putting steaks on their table, whatever it is. But, you know, so that craving of seeing us ride bulls and put on a show for them, they crave the cowboy part. But real cowboy shit is 
hauling cattle, calving out in the snowstorms, and making sure this country has some semblance of a tethering point to go back to to where our values came from in the first place. And we're getting so far away from that. And if we can get back to that, where there's values, there's morals, there's ethics, there's hard work, there's broken arms and skinned up knees and the kids are playing outside till dark and we have the freedom to do that, that's cowboy shit right there. How about that? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I like it. I just made that up as I went. So. <laughs> <laughs> I li- I that's think good stuff right there, Ted. I like it. Your next guest has a lot to live up to. They do. Yeah, that's they your do. that's your point right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I like I like your definition the best yet though. I yeah. I mean it's it's what I want to do. Like I want to I want to do cowboy shit every day. And I mean I don't I don't really get to our conversation kind of resembles it or we talk about it, but. It isn't cowboy shit. I like. I don't think you know. Or like, even when we get to go to all these big cities, it's it's pretty damn cool wearing a hat around New York and people wondering what's going on and promoting the you know promoting our our way of life in those big cities. It's I think it's one of the coolest things. But the the real cowboy shit is as taking care of the animals and the, yeah, the real deal. Getting to ride horses every I want, day. I want you to know today when I when I do my show. Yep. I'm going to end my show with the fact that you asked me the question, what exactly is, and uh, kind of do, I can't say, I can't say shit on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Did, does Shannon have a beeper? Like, I need to bleep it out? I uh, but no, man. <laughs> Rural radio, man. It's, it's family oriented. <laughs> I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. Awesome. Ted, I want you to know something, Ted. Yeah. It is a true honor that I, you think enough of me, put me on cowboy shit. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking all the time to do this. We went way over time, but I uh, I love it, man. And we're looking forward to hanging out with you these ten days this week too. So you we didn't even it, talk about hey, Calgary at by all. The way, but we'll talk about it. You got to you got to you got to sneak beer into uh, into the locker. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> I'm just gonna for bring after, a full cooler. It, yeah, it's for after. Let's for make after. sure people understand yeah, that after. that is a policy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks a lot for this, Flint. Thanks, Teddy. Kay. We'll see you soon, buddy. You betcha. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Lacey, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Thanks again to Flint Rasmussen for being on the show today. That was a hell of a chat we had with Flint, but you wouldn't know because you had to go to work early today. Day job probs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was awesome. I wish I could have been here for it. You can listen to it, but oh wait, you don't listen to the podcast. I don't after. like hearing my own voice. Why? I don't know. You got to listen to how it sounds so you can get better for next time. I feel like you gotta I'm do the it. best. <laughs> Already, what? we're fine. No, no I just no. haven't been listening. I don't listen. I went over my I went over my data on my phone. So downloading the podcast is not an option right now. Do it on Wi-Fi, man. Come on. I, well, I understand. We that. have. Wa- I just haven't got around to it. We have ample amounts of Wi-Fi. Oh, at the I know. House. Oh, I know. I understand. Not, you need to do better. It's fine. No, you just need to do better. It's not fine. Wait, see. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses. I don't have any. Yeah, just, okay, I'm sorry. just listen. Frick and get off my back. You got to listen to the podcast. Listen to it. Listen. Listen to it. But yeah, Flint, <laughs> great guy. Remember when our way back from Belt, when he oh, yeah. stopped and watched that rodeo with him? Yeah. That was like one of the most fun times I've had watching a rodeo with somebody. Cause yeah. Just nonstop. Conrad comedy. Montana. The yeah. Conrad Stampede. The Conrad Stampede. Middle he of liked, June. I think. Uh, one I think day he, only. I think, no, two days. That was a Sunday. It was a Saturday, Sunday rodeo, oh. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it was random. We ran into him, though. That was a pretty cool little trip. And we just, I was like, hey, what are you doing today? So I'm with Conrad. I'm like, oh, we're going to stop by. That was awesome. That was drink a, some beers. Like, on that was literally like one of the funnest times I've had watching a rodeo. It was cool, eh? It was hilarious. Random There's my little, times. Flint sto- my little Flint story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good times. Good, Good times. times. Good so, times. the Clooney bull ride. Clo- yeah. Clooney Lions charity bullorama. First time in Clooney. Your first time. Good time. I liked it. What was your overall evaluation of the show? I thought it was kick-ass. I mean, it's one of those little small-town bull ridings like a, like a Hillmond we've been to or Lashburn or... I mean, there's lots we can compare it to. But, I mean, it was, it was a great show. I mean, it, and it was strictly bull riding. Like, a lot of them put some other fluff in them sometimes. Like, they, you know, no offense to the Mini Bronx or the Wild Pony Race or the anything the else. Mutton Bustin'? Mutton Bustin'. Like, I'm, with all due respect, I don't think a bull riding needs that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a professional bull riding event, and we're going to have professional bull riding here. And that's what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I think we put on an entertaining show for the people. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was the timing was good. I think we were done in two, two and a half hours. Like kind Perfect of time. Pretty much right on there. It wasn't too long. Fuck, what's that, 40 plus bulls in two and a half hours? Not yeah, four, it was 44 with re-rides. That's we perfect. had four re-rides. So. There you go. And we had a Calcutta, which Calcuttas often take they a while. They take forever. I, yeah. I like them and it's cool because it's good, good yeah. money and whatever. But man, they take forever. Don't they? So we had, I think we had a great show and uh, yeah, thanks to Slim and Heather and everybody great for having us. Great crew to work us. with down there, hey? Oh yeah, it was just a Couldn't ask really for a better good show. people to be do, deal with. Really good show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Chase Outlaw gets the win. His first win on Canadian this soil. Is, this is usually about the time he starts heating up that guy. Yeah, since 2016, um, he had reconstructive shoulder surgery and he only came back to ride on like the 8th of, 8th of June or 9th of June or something. So he's only been back for... You know, just just not even a month, three weeks Less so far. A month, yeah. He won uh, last week, I want to say, in Binford, North Dakota. He's already got another win. Didn't like, he tie for a win in Sheridan? Uh, no, Lockwood won that one. Mm. But uh, but yeah, he's been to five events and he's won two already. Mm-hmm. And uh, has always had a lot of success up here in in Canada. And man, especially like, at the ranchman's. He won. Uh, yeah, very done very well there. He won. Uh, He's won a quarter million dollars in the last couple of seasons. Like each each season, finished sixth in the world last year. Like he's a guy that is going to be a contender for a world title. And this this year with that injury though is going to set him back mm-hmm. quite a ways. He's not going to be a contender this time. He's I think he's up to eighty third in the world after Clooney. But, mm-hmm. but that's he, all. String together your big week here. Oh yeah, with that, six that's events in a row. Points at the PBR at the Stampede too. Uh yeah, but I don't know what the points are. It's kind of, I've never really understood it to be totally but honest. But either way, he can make us some ground the whole time he's yeah, up here. Yeah, absolutely. He can win a ton of points up mm-hmm. here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Watch good to out see him do for good. him. Watch out for that guy. For and his mustache. Some, uh, yeah. Some news. Uh, some news from the Calgary Stampede, JB Mooney. Breaking. This is breaking. But, I mean, we're not really a news podcast. But it's breaking news. Big, big move. By the time you listen to this, you probably will already Because this is where he got mocked out last year. It is redemption redemption yeah so he could be one of the guys he and uh, i want to say he and sage kimsey both are and i want to say cody teal too has sage won it twice yeah he has yeah and so has cody teal i think so yeah so these guys are all back and contenders to win uh, a third title in the bull riding which i want to say well it it hasn't happened since they started writing the hundred thousand dollar checks mm-hmm and this is also a cool thing. I mean, a friend of ours, Keenan Vine, talked about that at one point, how the Stampede brings the best of the best together, right? You get the best of the PRCA, best of the CPRA, best of the PBR all in one place where it doesn't really happen anywhere else. Nope. They might invite one or two guys, like they might invite Sage, they might invite, you know, one or two guys. But it's kind of cool in the summertime. But like Flint and I talked about, actually, I'd love to see the Stampede actually count for something. Yeah. With, you know, with all due respect to the Stampede, they have one, a fantastic event, but it doesn't count for anything. Like it's just, just money. It's money. Like it's great and it's a great show. And I mean, I love the Stampede. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I would like to see it be a part of something bigger, well, though. I guess the I guess that way. Yeah, you got to find you got to find its spot. I guess. Yeah, but who knows what it looks like for the American with the PRCA? I don't know. The problem is, I'm not sure what the upside for Calgary is. Right. I, that's the thing. Is like they can just do whatever they want the way yeah, it is. They don't have like, to. Then you get under a sanctioning body. Then it's going to be. They don't have to follow their all, rules. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, then, but but who just say they have to? I mean, all the all the sanctioning body has to do is just count the standings. You don't have to do anything else. Yeah, but I feel like just with their rules they have in place, that that's something that would. They try to like, I don't know. I just think the Stampede's happy with having it under their control, being yeah, able to do true. whatever the hell they want to do. True. And people are still going to come no matter yeah. what. Yeah. I, I just, I guess it's a personal thing, but yeah, no, I, I think I, I, whole, I'd be sweet I, to, for it to count towards something. Yeah. And the Stampede sure. does enormous amounts of things for, for the sport of professional rodeo. It's unreal what they do. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I guess more so than it's a, it's it gets, a, it gets the essence in the mainstream. Yeah. That's our, like, this has been like our like main ticket to the mainstream right now. Besides the PBR. Yeah, but they don't broadcast PBR and CBC Sports. TSN, though, man. Come on. But I, I'm just saying, like, it, it's the, P, the, the Calgary Stampede's been on CBC Sports for years Long time, now. yeah. yeah. It's, the only, it's, it's, been our, only, it's been Rodeo's injection into the mainstream. And for it's the, the only Rodeo time. on TV in Canada. That's what I mean, yeah. Only Rodeo. Yeah. Bull riding-wise, we're still the leaders, professional bull riders. Okay, back to business here. Calgary, going to be good. We'll talk to you after it again. But If we're still then, alive. Yeah. We should be okay, though not flooding this time <laughs> i'm not talking about flooding well i'm kind of nervous about open those shoot gates so i'm not really excited about it not a fan of that Ooh, job it's i'll crack stuff. a latch but i don't want to pull a Ooh, gate i don't know i'm nervous well okay team canada report and then i gotta go all right do you want to do it yeah what do you got team canada report do you have it ready yep okay go ahead we're talking the pbr world stand i can just tell you dakota butter number 13 tanner burn 21 Brock Radford, number 29. Lonnie West, number 32. or three. Nah, 33. Okay, number 33. Ram. All right, it's done. And on to the next one. In the bareback riding, we've got, well, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Just <laughs> Tell them. Tell it the people what we're going to do, Ted. It hasn't changed. <laughs> the Rodeo or the PBR report hasn't changed. Nothing new to report. Sorry. There's that. But nothing's new. happened since the last event. The only event we had not, is. And none of the top Canadian guys have been going yet. No, the only event we had is Clooney. And none of our guys did any good there. Dakota wasn't even there, though. Yeah, because Lonnie got hurt in Pinocchio, so he didn't go. Tanner Brock didn't there. go. Tanner Byrne didn't go. Dakota wasn't there. So Ranchman's this week, and uh, just stay tuned to the websites. You'll see what's going on there. But in the Pro Rodeo, we don't have updated standings yet for after Pinocchio, so these numbers are kind of all over the place. But got Oren Larson, number nine of the bareback ride, and Luke Creasy's 15th, Clint Lay's 16th. But Richmond Champion won Pinocchio, and he's 17th, so this will all be different. Uh, Scott Ginther won Pinocchio, won like, I want to say 14 or 16,000. And that today would have put him second in the world, but it's Cowboy Christmas. So he might stay, I don't know what he'll stay, you know, it's tough to say. Curtis Cassidy, number three in the bulldogging right now though. And nothing to report in the team roping. Come on. Sorry guys. Team ropers. Zeke Thurston, fifth in the bronc riding. Clay Elliott, number 10. And then that's all we got until the barrel race and Carmen Pazbon hold on to the number the number fourteen spot. She won a bunch of money this weekend. She did. She won Airdrie and Williams Lake. She won Williams Lake too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is good. Yeah. On the other side of things, what else? That's it. Stampede. Wanna do one more stampede thing or do you wanna go? I'm gonna go. Okay, see ya. Yeah. Goodbye. Have fun at the bull ride. Thanks for tuning in. Episode number sixteen. See you after Stampede. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Brought to you by Everything Cowboy.